0: Section 9 of Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6, by Julian Hawthorne, Editor. Told by the Constable. From the Thousand and One Nights. Know ye that when I entered the service of this emir, I had a great repute, and every low fellow and lewd feared me most of all mankind, and when I rode through the city, each and every of the folk would point at me with their fingers and sign at me with their eyes. It happened one day, as I sat in the palace of the prefecture, back propped against a wall, considering in myself, suddenly there fell somewhat in my lap and behold it was a purse sealed and tied so i hinted in hand and lo it had in it a hundred dirhams but i found not who threw it and i said lauded be the lord the king of the kingdoms another day as i sat in the same way somewhat fell on me and startled me and look i twas a purse like the first i took it and hiding the matter made as though i slept albeit sleep was not with me one day as i thus sham sleep i suddenly sensed in my lap a hand and in it a purse of the finest so i seized the hand and behold twas that of a fair woman quoth i to her o my lady who art thou and quoth she rise and come away from here that i may make myself known to thee presently i rose up and following her Walked on without tarrying till we stopped at the door of a high builded house whereupon I asked her, O oh, my lady, who art thou? Indeed thou hast done me kindness, and what is the reason of this? She answered, By Allah, O captain Mu'in, I am a woman on whom love and longing are sore for desire of the daughter of the qasi Amin al Hakum. Now there was between me and her what was, and fondness for her fell upon my heart, and I agreed upon an assignation with her, according to possibility and convenience, but her father Amin al-Hakum took her and went away, and my heart cleaveth to her, and yearning and distraction waxed sore upon me for her sake. I said to her, marveling the while at her words, What wouldst thou have me do? And said she, O oh, Captain Muin, I would have thee lend me helping hand. Quoth I, where am I, and where is the daughter of the Qasi Amin al Hakum?" And quoth she, be assured that I would not have thee intrude upon the Qasi's daughter. But I would fain work for the winning of my wishes. This is my will and my want, which may not be wroughten save by thine aid. Then she added, i mean this night to go with heart and heartened and hire me bracelets and armlets and anklets of price then will i hie me and sit in the street wherein is the house of amin al Hakum. and when tis the season of the round and folk are asleep do thou pass thou and those who are with thee of the men and thou wilt see me sitting and on me find raiment and ornaments, and wilt smell on me the odor of Votars. Whereupon do thou question me of my case, and I will say, I hail from the citadel, and am of the daughters of the deputies. And I came down into the town for a purpose. But night overtook me all unawares, and the Zawalia gate was shut against me, and all the other portals. And I knew not whither I shall wend this night. Presently I saw this street, and noting the goodly fashion of its ordinance and its cleanliness, I sheltered me therein against break of day. When I speak these words to thee, with complete self-possession, the chief of the watch will have no ill suspicion of me, but will say, there is no help, but that we leave her with one who will take care of her till morning. There, too, do thou rejoin. Twere best that she night with Amin al-Hakum, and lie with his wives and his children until dawn of day then straightway knock at the kazi's door and thus shall i have secured admission into his house without inconvenience and won my wish and the peace i said to her by allah this is an easy matter so when the night was blackest we rose to make our round followed by men with girded swords and went about the ways encompassing the city till we came to the street where was the woman. And it was the middle of the night, where we smelled rich scents, and heard the clanking of rings. So I said to my comrades, Methinks I espy a spectre, and the captain of the watch cried, See what it is. Accordingly I undertook the work, and entering the thoroughfare, presently came out again, and said, I found a fair woman, and she telleth me that she is from the citadel, and that dark night surprised her and she saw this street and noting its cleanliness and goodly fashion of ordinance knew that it belonged to a great man and that needs must there be in it a guardian to keep watch over it so she sheltered her therein quoth the captain of the watch to me take her and carry her to thy house but quoth i i seek refuge with allah my house is no strong box and on this woman are trinkets and fine clothing by allah we will not deposit the lady save with Amin al Hakum, in whose street she hath been since the first darkening of the darkness therefore do thou leave her with him till break of day he rejoined do whatso thou willest so i rapped at the kazi's gate and out came a black slave of his slaves to whom said i o my lord take this woman and let her be with you till day shall dawn for that the lieutenant of the emir alam adin hath found her with trinkets and fine apparel on her sitting at the door of your house and we feared lest her responsibility be upon you wherefore i suggested twere meetest she knight with you so the chattel opened and took her in with him now when the morning morrowed the first who presented himself before the emir was the kasi Amin al Hakum, leaning on two of his negro slaves and he was crying out and calling for aid and saying o emir crafty and perfidious yesternight thou depositedst with me a woman and broughtest her into my house and home and she arose in the dark and took from me the monies of the little orphans my wards six great bags, each containing a thousand dinars, and made off. But as for me, I will say no syllable to thee except in the Sudan's presence. When the wali heard these words, he was troubled, and rose, and sat down in his agitation. Then he took the judge, and placing him by his side, soothed him, and exhorted him to patience, till he had made an end of talk. When he turned to the officers, and questioned them of that, they fixed the affair on me, and said, We know nothing of this matter but from Captain Muin Al Din." So the Kasi turned to me, and said, Thou wast of accord to practice upon me with this woman, for she said she came from the citadel. As for me, I stood with my head bowed groundwards, forgetting both Sunnah and Fars, and remained sunk in my thought, saying, How came I to be duped by that wily wench? Then cried the emir to me, what aileth thee that thou answerest not? Thereupon I replied, O my lord, 'tis a custom among the folk that he who hath a payment to make at a certain date is allowed 3 days grace. Do thou hath patience with me so long, and if at the end of that time the culprit be not found, I will be responsible for that which is lost.' When the folk heard my speech, they all approved it as reasonable. And the walleye turned to the kazi and swear to him that he would do his utmost to recover the stolen monies, adding, And they shall be restored to thee. Then he went away, whilst I mounted without stay or delay, and began toing and froing about the world, without purpose, and indeed I was become the underling of a woman without honesty or honor. And I went my rounds in this way all that my day and all that my night but happened not upon tidings of her and thus i did on the morrow on the third day i said to myself thou art mad or silly for i was wandering in quest of a woman who knew me and i knew her not she being veiled when i met her then i went round about the third day till the hour of mid-afternoon prayer and sore waxed my cark in my care for i kenned that there remained to me of my life but the morrow, when the chief of police would send for me. However, as sundown time came, I passed through one of the main streets and saw a woman at a window. Her door was ajar, and she was clapping her hands and casting sidelong glances at me. As who should say, come up by the door. So I went up, without fear or suspicion, and when I entered, she rose and clasped me to her breast. I marveled at the matter, and quoth she to me, I am she whom thou depositedst with Amin al-Hakum. Quoth I to her, O my sister, I have been going round and round in request of thee, for indeed thou hast done a deed which will be chronicled, and hast cast me into red death on thine account. She asked me, Dost thou speak thus to me, and thou a captain of men? And I answered, How should I not be troubled, seeing that I be in concern for an affair that I turn over and over in mind? More by token, that I continue my day long going about searching for thee, and in the night I watch its stars and the planets," cried she. "'Nought shall betide save Weal, and thou shalt get the better of him.' So saying, she rose, and going to a chest drew out therefrom six bags full of gold, and said to me, This is what I took from Amin al-Hakum's house. So, when thou wilt restore it, else the whole is lawfully thine. And if thou desire other than this, thou shalt obtain it, for I have monies in plenty, and I had no design herein, save to marry thee. Then she arose, and opening other chest, brought out therefrom wealth galore, and I said to her, O oh, my sister, I have no wish for all this, nor do I want aught, except to be quit of that wherein I am. Quoth she, I came not forth from the Qazi's house without preparing for thine acquittance. Then said she to me, When the morrow shall mourn, and Amin al-Hakum shall come to thee bear with him, till he have made an end of his speech, and when he is silent, Return him no reply, and if the walleye asks, What aileth thee that thou answereth me not? Do thou rejoin, O Lord and Master, know that the two words are not alike, but there is no helper for the conquered one, save Allah Almighty. The kazi will cry, What is the meaning of thy saying? The two words are not alike, and do thou retort, I depositedst with thee a damsel from the palace of the Sultan and most likely some enemy of hers in thy household hath transgressed against her, or she hath been secretly murdered. Verily there were on her raiment and ornaments worth a thousand ducats, and hast thou put to the question those who are with thee of slaves and slave-girls? Needs must thou have litten on some traces of the crime. When he heareth this from thee, his trouble will redouble, and he will be angered, and will make oath that thou hast no help for it but to go with him to his house. However, do thou say, That will I not do, for I am the party aggrieved, more especially because I am under suspicion with thee. If he redouble in calling on Allah's aid, and conjure thee by the oath of divorce, saying, Thou must assuredly come, do thou reply, By Allah! i will not go unless the chief also go with me then as soon as thou comest to the house begin by searching the terrace roofs then rummage the closets and cabinets and if thou find naught humble thyself before the kasi and be abject and feign thyself subjected and after examine well the door because there is a dark corner there then come forward with heart harder than cyanite stone and lay hold upon a jar of the jars, and raise it from its place. Thou wilt find there under it a mantilla skirt. Bring it out publicly, and call the walleye in a loud voice, before those who are present. Then open it, and thou wilt find it full of blood, and therein a woman's walking boots, and somewhat of linen. When I heard from her these words, I rose to go out, and she said to me, Take these hundred sequins, so they may succor thee, and such is my guest-gift to thee. Accordingly, I took them, and leaving her door ajar, returned to my lodging. Next morning, up came the judge, with his face like the jock's eye, and asked, In the name of Allah, where is my debtor, and where is my property? Then he wept, and cried out, and said to the walleye, Where is that ill-omened fellow, who aboundeth in robbery and villainy? Thereupon the chief turned to me and said, Why dost thou not answer the kasi?" And I replied, O Amir, the two heads are not equal, and I, I have no helper, but, and the right be on my side, twill appear. At this the judge grew hotter of temper and cried out, Woe to thee, O ill-omened weight! How wilt thou make manifest that the right is on thy side? I replied, O our lord the kasi." I depositedst with thee, and in thy charge a woman, whom we found at thy door, and on her raiment and ornaments of price. Now she is gone, even as yesterday is gone, and after this thou turnest upon us, and suest me for six thousand gold pieces? By Allah, this is none other than a mighty great wrong, and assuredly some foe of hers in thy household hath transgressed against her." with this the judge's wrath redoubled and he swore by the most solemn of oaths that i should go with him and search his house i replied by allah i will not go unless the wali go with us for and thee be present he and the officers thou wilt not dare to work thy wicked will upon me so the kasi rose and swore an oath saying by the truth of him who created mankind we will not go but with the emir accordingly we repaired to the judge's house accompanied by the chief and going up searched it through but found naught whereat fear fell upon me and the wali turned to me and said fie upon thee o ill-omened fellow thou hast put us to shame before the men all this and i wept and went round about right and left with tears running down my face till we were about to go forth and drew near the door of the house i looked at the place which the woman had mentioned and asked what is yonder place i see then said i to the men pull up this jar with me they did my bidding and i saw somewhat appearing under the jar and said rummage and look at what is under it so they searched and behold they came upon a woman's mantilla and walking boots stained with blood which when i espied i fell i down in fainting fit now when the walleyes saw this he said By Allah, the captain is excused. Then my comrades came round about me, and sprinkled water on my face till I recovered. When I arose, I accosted the kazi, who was covered with confusion, said to him, Thou seest that suspicion is fallen on thee, and indeed this affair is no light matter, because this woman's family will assuredly not sit down quietly under her loss. Therewith the kazi's heart quaked and fluttered, FOR THAT HE KNEW THE SUSPICION HAD REVERTED UPON HIM, WHEREFORE HIS COLOR YELLOWED, AND HIS LIMBS SMOKED TOGETHER, AND HE PAID OF HIS OWN MONEY, AFTER THE MEASURE OF THAT HE HAD LOST, SO WE WOULD QUENCH THAT FIRE FOR HIM. THEN WE DEPARTED FROM HIM IN PEACE, Whilst I SAID WITHIN MYSELF, INDEED THE WOMAN FALSE ME NOT. AFTER THAT I TARRIED TILL THREE DAYS HAD PASSED, WHEN I WENT TO THE hammam AND CHANGED MY CLOTHES, BETOOK MYSELF TO HER HOME but found the door shut and covered with dust. So I asked the neighbors of her, and they answered, This house hath been empty of habitants these many days, but three days agone there came a woman with an ass, and at supper-time last night she took her gear and went away. Hereat I turned back, bewildered in my wit, and for many days after I inquired of the dwellers in that street concerning her, but could happen on no tidings of her. And indeed I wondered, at the eloquence of her tongue and the readiness of her talk and this is the most admirable of all i have seen and whatso hath betided me end of section nine read by john oeschler library of the world's best mystery and detective stories volume six by julian hawthorne editor